Group experience is a new and refreshing way for you, your friends, or your family to travel. Check the show notes to learn more. What is going on? This is Stevie G, and you are listening to DBE, the podcast designed for students of travel. No matter where you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, thank you so much for tuning in. You can also listen by visiting groupexperience.com, the official home of the Destinations Beyond Expectations podcast. Make sure to follow Destinations Beyond Expectations and Group Experience on social media so you can stay up to date with everything travel. Minnesota's Twin Cities make a big impression on visitors. In the Twin Cities, you'll find America's biggest mall, the largest contiguous system of indoor bridges in the world, and many other sites and attractions that'll have you rocking a big smile. Heather Cox from the Wanderlust in Real Life blog joins the show today and we discuss a blog she wrote about things to do in Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Be sure to check the show notes so you can learn more about the Wanderlust in Real Life blog and so you can follow along with Heather's Twin Cities article. Heather was so insightful about Minneapolis and St. Paul, so let's dive into my interview with travel lover and craft beer enthusiast, Heather Cox. All right, Heather, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Thank you so much for joining the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome, and it's it's really great to talk to you. Um, you know Minnesota's Twin Cities really well. Um, but for any listener out there that might not be familiar with the area, can you just briefly talk about which two main places make up the Twin Cities and then just give a, a general overview of the Twin Cities area? Yeah, absolutely. So um, like you said, we are referred to as the Twin Cities. Um, the Twin Cities consists of both Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, St. Paul is kind of more old school. Um, The capital is there and there are a lot of beautiful Victorian houses and just really old neighborhoods. Um, Whereas Minneapolis is kind of more so the hip side of town, um, the downtown areas, kind of what you would think of when you're thinking about like Chicago or New York, but obviously on a lot smaller scale. Um, it's, it's really awesome too, because, um, the Mississippi river kind of carves between both Minneapolis and St. Paul. So it makes for a lot of really beautiful, um, green spaces and awesome places, um, where you can kind of hang out outside when, when the weather is good. Yeah. And my next question actually has a little bit to do with the weather. Cause you know, Minneapolis has a really unique way to get around the city. Um, and that's the Minneapolis skyway. Can you kind of talk about that and explain how it can be beneficial during those times of uh, cold weather when it's not so convenient to get out and about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Minneapolis Skyway actually is the largest continuous enclosed um, skyway or bridge system um, in the world, actually. Um, it consists of over 80 city blocks and it is just a continuous way that individuals can stay indoors um, away from the elements um, 
and you know get around downtown um there are a lot of different buildings that are connected by it and it's actually on um the second story so it's actually you know kind of elevated above um ground level or street level and if you go several places downtown um if you get in an elevator and sometimes you'll see um you know number one and then you'll see sk instead of two in the elevator and that stands for skyway so typically when you see that there's an entry point really close to get into the skyway um it's kind of unique though because um the skyway actually has a published set of hours that it's open but at the same time it's kind of more of a guideline because each of the different buildings can kind of set their own hours. So if you're um, going to be downtown, you know, kind of earlier or later and you want to use the Skyway, you kind of have to check and make sure that it, it's going to be open. Um, but another really unique thing about it is so it connects all of these different buildings and businesses, but there are actually businesses completely in the Skyway that are kind of like, vendors food vendors coffee vendors things like that so for people that live or work downtown going in um you know catching some coffee or something in the skyway is definitely a, a really regular occurrence especially like you said in the winter when the weather isn't great which in minnesota is a lot <laughs> Um, I do want to ask you, so that is a great place to be indoors, a, a really great indoor space, but there's an mm -hmm. outdoor space that I want to ask you about, um, and that's Minnehaha Falls, which you described in your blog as a true outdoor oasis in the middle of an urban setting. Can you just talk about Minnehaha Falls? What is it and how how can visitors experience it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Minnehaha Falls is actually a part of the Mississippi National River Recreation Area. Say that a few times fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's actually affiliated with the National Park Service. Um, Minnehaha Falls, the park is actually 193 acres. Um, it's the most popular park in Minneapolis. And um, one of the most popular things there is um, the 53-foot waterfall. A lot of people go there in the summer, but then also in the winter when it's frozen, a lot of people go there too because it's really cool to see waterfalls when they're all frozen over. Um, but you can climb down a set of stairs to kind of get closer to the waterfall. And then there's a lot of different hiking opportunities as well, um, kind of after you go down closer to the waterfall. Um, but there are just a lot of activities in the park. Um, during the summer, there are a few kind of different vendors that will be offering food. Um, you can hike and go alongside the river. So there's river views. Um, there's some limestone bluffs as well. It's just a really pretty area where you can kind of just go um, have a picnic and hang out. Or, you know, if you're really adventurous, go hiking take in the scene and I mean it's literally in the middle of Minneapolis so it's it's really cool to have um, nature that close. That's truly unique. It seems to me almost like Minneapolis really cares about getting outdoors and having that outdoor experience 
And you point out in your blog that Minneapolis has been ranked as one of the most bikeable cities in the country. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Are you able to rent bikes or, or how accessible is biking and, and how easy is it to get around on bike through Minneapolis? Yeah, definitely. Um, so because we have so many um, bike paths paved um, throughout the city, there really is a super huge um, biking and kind of cycling culture within the Twin Cities. Um, there are um, bike rentals. It's I believe they're called the Nice Ride that you can rent. And I believe now they're actually affiliated with Lyft. Um, for a while, they kind of used to be on um, more of like a kiosk type thing. And it was affiliated with, I believe it was Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, but there there are, there are bike rentals. Um, most people kind of have their own bikes. It's really common um, to have your own bike when there are so many different trails. Um, but one of my favorite bike trails is definitely along the river. It's really beautiful, um, both in um, the summer, but then also in the fall, which kind of the season we're coming into now where it's not super humid in Minnesota anymore. Um, So getting outside and hiking and biking is definitely something that a lot of people in the Twin Cities area are taking advantage of. Very cool. Now, Minneapolis is one half of the Twin Cities. And I do want to ask you a little bit about St. Paul because it looks like it does have a lot to explore as well. Uh, One thing that I really noticed on your blog was this place called Can Can Wonderland. Um, Can you describe to listeners what exactly Can Can Wonderland is? First of all, it's awesome. It is so fun. Um, But really, it's an adult arcade. Um, You go there and you pay... Um, an admission to get in, and it's unlimited arcade games. Um, Some of the arcade games are newer. Um, Some are super old school. Some are competitive where you're playing against someone else. Um, And you literally can stay there as long as you want and keep playing all of these arcade games. Um, They also have food available. Uh, They have a full bar. And then they have um, a pour-your-own beer and like pre-mixed cocktails kind of station with with the wristband um and then they also have uh mini golf which mini golf is extra on top of the kind of base price but it's it's so fun it is a really fun time it looks like a blast it looks like like super fun i would have a great time um if someone's looking to add a little bit of like you know education and history to their time in St. Paul, they might want to stop by the Minnesota History Center. Um, can you tell me about the History Center and what, you know, what might someone learn if they visit? So the Minnesota History Center really is focused on um, just just learning the roots of Minnesota. Um, there are several indigenous tribes in Minnesota, so learning the history of the Native people. Um, There are a lot of different exhibits that are focused on, you know, understanding the establishment um, as a state and kind of the logging industry and the iron ore industry and just kind of how how those played into um, the history of Minnesota and kind of just where we are now. So it's really interactive and um, it's 
just a lot of fun trying to um, incorporate, you know, activities with with learning. So. I love it. Um, so now we've talked about a few things to do within the city limits of St. Paul and Minneapolis, um, but there's something in the burbs that I have to ask you about, and that's the Mall of America. I know it's the biggest mall in the country, but what else can you tell me about the Mall of America? Yeah, um, definitely. It's one of the things um, everybody comes to Minnesota to see. It, it is an absolutely huge mall. Um, there is so much to do there. Um, there is a theme park in the middle of it, Nickelodeon. Actually, I don't even know if it's called that anymore, Nickelodeon Universe. But anyways, there's a theme park and the, in the center, and then the mall is completely around it. Um, there are so many places to get something to eat, um, bars to have drinks. There's a full movie theater. And I know that they have go-karts there and they have like mini golf. So literally you could do almost anything at the Mall of America. Um, there now are, I believe, two hotels that are actually attached to the Mall of America as well, which are relatively newer. Um, but it is definitely a destination in and of itself. And if you want to shop and go to any store, I guarantee there is one there if not three or four (laughs) now i mean i might not do a trip like this but i'm sure there's people who probably fly into minneapolis and go to the mall of america and then go home does you think that happens oh absolutely um especially because the light rail from msp you can go directly to um the airport from or i'm sorry directly to the mall of america from the airport um I actually grew up in northern Minnesota, so at a time when I was kind of newer into traveling, a few times I had a longer layover at MSP before I'd catch my um, additional flight, and I, I've done that myself, just taking the light rail there to kill some time and you know just kind of walk around and hang out. So I would not doubt it if people do that all the time. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a really great way to kill some time in between flights, it's it's genius. It's perfect, and you'll have stuff. No shortage of things to do at the mall for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Heather, you like to travel, but you also like good beer. And I did want to ask, what's the brewery scene like in the Twin Cities? And what are, are what are a few of your favorite places to grab a beer? Yeah, definitely. Um, as you'll see on my blog, I mean, I write about beer almost as much as I write about traveling because um, craft beer and travel really are to go passions. Um, the craft beer scene in Minneapolis and St. Paul, honestly, I am so spoiled. We have so much good beer here um, that sometimes when I do travel, it's kind of like, eh, we have better stuff at home. <laughs> so um, anybody that doesn't have Minneapolis, St. Paul on your radar for craft beer, um, you definitely want to check it out. Um, And I actually, I wrote a full blog post on um, my favorite breweries in the Twin Cities. Um, But I actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about a brewery that I want to edit that post to add. It's a newer brewery and it actually is in St. Paul. Um, It's called Stacked Deck. And I went there um, this last summer, I believe it was like July, August. And they just had 
so many different beers on tap and every single style of beer they absolutely nailed. Um, one style of beer that's really, really popular right now um, in terms of like craft beer is the smoothie style sours. And they had a ton of those on tap and they were phenomenal. Um, I believe it was called like astronaut sauce. And then I just couldn't get that astronaut in the ocean song out of my head after <laughs> I drank it. But um, another really cool thing about that brewery is um, they have just these huge windows that they open. So obviously not in the winter, but we were there in the summer. So it was just really fun and really great space to hang out and have some good brews. I love it. And, you know, during the summer, it's just got to be the perfect atmosphere. I'm, I'm sure the weather is just beautiful with those open windows and some good beer. It doesn't get better than that, right? Right. And I'm going to give a little bit more of a spoiler to one of the breweries that I talk about in my in my blog post is actually off of um, Lake Minnetonka, too. So that is an awesome spot to have a beer in the summer as well. Very cool. Heather, I did want to ask you about your blog a little bit more. Um, Wanderlust in Real Life. Tell the listeners about your blog. What made you start it and what can someone find if they visit your website? Yeah, for sure. So first of all, I'll kind of explain the name a little bit. Wanderlust in Real Life. Um, So I'm not a full-time blogger. I do it on the side. Um, I'm working nine to five corporate job, but I always maximize my PTO and I'm always wanderlusting um, for my next vacation or trip, big or small, any kind of adventure. Um, and I, I just really started my blog. Um, actually, it's been almost a year. And I have been thinking about this concept for, I don't know, a really long time, <laughs> six or seven years, probably. Um, I mean, I didn't grow up traveling a lot. Um, but when I was an undergrad, I actually studied abroad twice (laughs) and I just caught the travel bug. And since then, I just want to see anything and everything. And I just love traveling and learning new things. And through my blog, I'm just hoping, you know, to share my passions with others and my learnings to hopefully help others and inspire others, um, to travel, um, So I'm really focused on tips, itineraries, and of course, the sprinkle of um, craft beer as well. (laughs) Very important. Um, So people can visit your blog at wonderlustinreallife.com, but where else can they find you on social media? Yeah, definitely. Um, So my website is going to be the the main spot to hit up. Um, But in terms of social media, I use Instagram the most. And um, my handle is the same as my blog. So Wanderlust in real life. Um, I am dabbling in TikTok a little bit, but um, short form video is not really my forte. So, um, but I am on TikTok as well at Wanderlust in real life. Cool. And Heather, I do have one more question before I let you go here. Um, Sure. On this podcast, you know, Destinations Beyond Expectations we call it the podcast designed for students of travel. And I want to ask you, are you someone who considers yourself to be a student of travel? And if so, like what's something that you've learned along the way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like every, I would say, yes, I do consider myself to be a student of travel. Um, 
And I, I just think over the years, I've really broadened my own horizons and I've changed the way that I actually travel just by learning more about other cultures and, um, you know, my just my experiences and things I've gone through. Um, and that's kind of what I like to talk about a lot in my blog as well. So I love it. And listeners definitely go check out Wanderlust in real life. It's a great blog with some, you know, great, you know, posts about travel and great beer as well. So definitely recommend uh, listeners hit that up. Uh, Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Minneapolis and St. Paul. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. A big DBE thank you to Heather for joining me this week. Make sure to check out Wanderlust in Real Life and follow Wanderlust in Real Life on TikTok and Instagram. Everything DBE can be found on the show's official website, dbetravel.com. A great way to support this podcast is to rate and review wherever you listen. And if you know somebody who likes to travel, tell them about destinations beyond expectations. Well, that is all I've got for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy your day, and I will talk to you soon.